For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Welcome to a live edition of the Fight Game Podcast Extra. We got the live chat going here on YouTube, and then the audio it will be in our normal feed. I switched days this week so that we could do this live and, and have the audio up after the show. Welcome, Jeff Hawkins from The Dynamite Show. What's up, Jeff? Thank you for having me. And Paul Fontaine, also from The Dynamite Show, but from a myriad of other things. He's been on this show more than anybody else, I think. And, of course, in the clinch with uh, Ryan Frederick. Uh, so, guys, we just saw a, a pretty darn good wrestling television show. And we're going to hit all of the segments and all the things that happened. But I kind of wanted to go first big picture with what the show was and, and how, how it turned out and kind of what you thought it was going to be. And I know, Jeff, you're really interested in this topic. So why don't you go first? How did it match your expectation? Here, here's, here's the thing. I, it was a very good wrestling show. But Paul and I watch wrestling a little bit different. Paul is a guy who will, will take copious notes on matches. <laughs> and then in the end of the year, he'll look at how he rated them. <laughs> and, think, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's a, it's, it's, a different, it's a different way to analyze and process. Well, yes. And, and it's, it's more geared toward the wrestling fan. He's more of a wrestling critic than I am. I am a television critic for the most part. Sure. I, I worked. I had a cup of coffee in television. I, I view this as the, and I view this as almost a pilot for a television show and what we're doing here. Sure. And I think my major date disappointment with this show, because overall I liked the show. Let, let me get that out of the way real quick. I liked the show. It was a fun two hours of wrestling. I think we all did to a, a certain degree. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I don't mean to step on, on any of your opinions, but all it was, was two hours of wrestling. There was nothing different about this show than any other of the brands in the AEW family. There was nothing innovative. There was nothing. There was, there wasn't even, and this was my complaint when I think dynamite came on the air. There was no kind of preamble to kind of tell you what this television show was about. Other than it's a wrestling show with CM Punk. Sure. And if that's the log line to describe the show, then that's all it is. It's a two hour wrestling show. Like every other wrestling show except CM Punk is top line. Okay, so here's a question based on what you just said. Because of what they built this show around, could you have done it any other way 
than starting the show with him coming out and doing a 20 minute promo. No, no. And that was, that was a fine move. Don't, don't get me wrong, but, but well, you could have started with like a presentation of, okay, these are the stars of uh, collision or whatever. And, and, you know, like a, a video package or something to that effect, a preamble for maybe, you know, and look, I know I get grief of this in every Slack and discord. I'm in. <laughs> Well, Jeff, they, they're not going to the casuals or the first time viewers or whatever, but it is a pilot of a television show. Sure. You you introduce the characters, you tell them what they're all about, and then you set them in motion as opposed to. And this has been a problem with Tony for years in, in terms of when he introduces people onto his already existing shows and things of that nature is he just assumes everybody knows everything. Yeah, AEW has this long canon that the diehard fans remember and that if you don't remember it, you are savvy enough of a wrestling fan to go shoot to YouTube, go to Twitter, figure Mm -hmm. out the story. And that makes you more intrigued and interested than a normal fan if we just told them everything. That that seems like it's his mentality. Yeah. And all I wanted was a little bit of innovation on this program. And I I didn't really get it. There's a little bit of an attitude to it. There's a little bit. I mean, because punk is going to be punk and it's probably going to reflect his attitude towards things. But it didn't carry through the entire show. I mean, we still had kind of a wacky segment with Tony Nese. We had, you know, we, you know, we have wrestling dinosaurs, we have, <laughs> you know, so it, 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 in that aspect of it, for me, at least, it was a little disappointing, but overall it was, it was a two hour wrestling show with CM Punk and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So to follow up on that, just, just one quick follow up and we'll get Paul's immediate thoughts. Cause he, he dropped the bomb on us uh, or before the show <laughs> even started about his thoughts. So do you think that the, I guess the tone was, and, and I asked this of Dave Meltzer yeah, on I wrestling over radio. I, I thought said, it was a great know, question, by the way. Do you expect the tone to be any different be, just based on who's on the first show? Uh, you know, we got Andrade and we got Buddy Murphy or Buddy Matthews. The, that Now that screwed me up for, for the whole show now. <laughs> but we had that. And like, I was so intrigued at that match because they gave it a lot of time. And then, you know, Dave was like, oh, yeah, you know, he'll still try to do Lucha stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but not like, you know, not like somebody like Vikingo or Commander. Like, right. it, is it going to be different enough to where... I know that when I watch Dynamite, I'm just getting boom, 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 which is exciting in its own right. Or am I getting something a little bit more slow? Like there were two really long matches that told stories in the ring without me seeing uh, a dive, you know, going into a commercial break. Right. So so is it, was it tonally enough from the wrestling standpoint for you? No, really different enough. I guess. It was not tonally different enough as a whole, either stylistically or in presentation. I, I think there's a, at least an inkling of maybe we can split the fan bases here and work them against each other, at least with the punk promo. I was thinking that. But overall, no. And that was also a little bit of the disappointment, too. It, it was, There was no I mean, it, again, it was just any wrestling show that you watch on the air right now, but with different players on it. And I, I think that is a missed opportunity. Now they can shift and they can adjust and things like that. But, you know, coming out of the gate and saying, this is who we are and this is what we believe. And this is what we're going to do. And this is why we're different. 
We got none of that other than CM Punk is on this show and he's going to say some things with Tony's permission. I'm sure (laughs) that that are going to tweak some of the elite fanboys. Sure. Sure. Well, did you see what the Bucks already put on their bio? I have not. They already pissed on it. On it. Wow. They said if this was in 2018, we would have had counterfeit counterfeit bucks on a t-shirt at PWTs. <laughs> uh, okay, Paul. Yeah. You, what was your what was your overall take about this show? Okay. Um, first off, I want to say that I agree with a lot of what Jeff said, um, but the, I, I disagree with a couple things. Um, I well, do. You think guys that, disagree? Come on. Yeah, I do yes. think that it was different and i like brad's comment in here um though i don't know if you want to put it up but the one with he said the in-ring was similar to dynamite with less flips yeah that one um because that's what i was thinking um and and the matches themselves felt different especially with kevin kelly on the call not having kevin kelly or not having excalibur on this show that was the biggest thing and i'm not saying it's bad or good i'm saying it's different yeah no that's a great point because i felt the same way in that because of the way Excalibur does play-by-play, your heart rate just naturally yeah. goes up because he's going so fast. And Kevin Kelly pulled that down a little bit and was like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we're going to tell the story here rather than just call all the moves, which is a fantastic uh, talent that Excalibur has, just the ability to know, sort of like a, a, a Mauro Ranello of, mm-hmm. of wrestling. But then you have the different style of like, th- we're going to call the the match as a little bit closer to a sport and we're also going to sort of tell a little bit of the detail that maybe Excalibur can't get to because he's trying to call every every single move yeah that that's the thing and we had two like you you mentioned two really long matches that were both excellent but completely different from the two really long matches we had on Dynamite that were also excellent in their own right so in that sense to me it felt different now, where I think this show missed the boat was it, at the end of the show, like you, like everyone said, and everyone in the comments is saying, it was it was a really good show. I enjoyed fun two hours of wrestling, no complaints there. Um, but it doesn't feel like something that I absolutely have to see every Saturday at eight eight, eight Eastern, seven Central. Um, I'll I'll probably PVR it. I'll watch it when I get time. I mean, we had a title change. But I think what this show needed was like a major angle at the end yes. of the show. Yes. And and they missed the boat there. And and I think they had a major angle. And I think one of the key players didn't want to do it. Really? Um, <laughs> I, that's just speculation. Okay. But okay. Uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but but I mean, I think like that's that's the thing. So you know, we got the 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 good match and the really good match. And we got CM Punk winning and celebrating his hometown. And then I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And, oh, we'll see you on Wednesday. So let's go back to expectation because uh, I don't think Tony Khan promised us anything that we didn't get. I think Punk is the draw of the first show. And then maybe on Dynamite this week, you do have to promise something that is going to be different, you know, just to get people to tune in, you know, if, Something's going to happen that's going to really knock your socks off when it comes to Forbidden Door, and you have to promote that way. But I, I almost thought, and, and some of this I'm sure is because of who the key player is on the show, 
sometimes you can't sit there and, and promote three or four weeks out in advance because who knows what's going to happen with, with CM Punk. He's going to use his leverage in, in any way possible, seemingly. So I do wonder if because the, like that first show, is it, it's about Punk, that's hype enough, and then now we have to, we have to draw by, by doing promotion in, in a different way. I thought for certain that with Punk's sensibilities and Tony's sensibilities, that we'd be coming out of this show talking about whatever happened at the end of this show. Just maybe, to, maybe they thought the 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 promo w- was going to be the talking point, but then again, it was at the start of the show, and, not and you have two hours to 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 let that cool down. That's a problem. Yeah, yeah. and no, and, see, and there wasn't really. There, I mean, they mentioned it, and they said, you know, like he'll say anything, but they didn't really focus on it for the rest of the show. It was just like, oh, it happened, and, and I mean, now if we're you have our show, if you believe what was written in uh, the Mark Ramondi piece, it doesn't sound like they're really going to be able to follow up on it unless they change their minds. And so this might be all we see about, you know, any reference to, you know, and, and let's just kind of uh, go through some of the lines there. Uh, Punk's new catchphrase was uh, tell me <laughs> when I'm telling lies. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure where that came from. Uh, Bobby Fish. <laughs> he did. He did a pro, he did a promo um, last year where he said, "Stop me when I'm not telling the truth" or something mm. like that. So I think it was just an extension of that. Okay, so that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, uh, I'm tired of being nice. That was the the other line that he used, and then obviously the uh, you know he he's uh, what did he say? One bill, Phil, and uh, business full of counterfeit, counterfeit bucks. bucks. Yeah, and then you know an apology to the fans, and you know I apology about your favorite wrestler being soft so those were his main <laughs> key points um and it's a it, it, it i think it's gonna feel a little unfair because you know the other side is not really gonna answer but they've got their little subtle digs in at the same time so i don't think we're gonna need this back and forth but i want to hit on something that jeff said earlier which is does did this show feel a little rebellious to you in that some of the wrestlers who were on this show are probably not best friends of the elite. Um, the vibe, the crowd very much bought into this idea that CM Punk is a baby face and the elite are the heels. Now that's only in Chicago, but if you're watching TV and if you did have some viewers here for the first time, they're going like, oh, wait, I thought the elite were the good guys and Punk was the bad, you know, like that whole thing. So I, I do wonder if that becomes kind of trendy where, where maybe people do kind of start booing the elite, which I don't know if is, is really good or not. Um, but just like, you know, the vibe of the show, it seemed really sort of a little bit anti happy go lucky all elite that we kind of grew to enjoy. Let me let me ask you this. What if they had gone hard into and, and look, all of us with podcasts made mention of of this and and my co-host on shake them roast put it perfectly aew detention <laughs> where this is where all the malcontents people with bad attitudes this people is the breakfast, this a- that, a- and, breakfast club yeah, oh, yeah. A- yeah aew breakfast club that's what that's actually should have used don't forget me when i'm gone <laughs> into, <laughs> don't you forget about me um or yeah what if we'd gone hard into that a little bit including with starting with the punk thing and just continuing that and this I, is i, I kind of like that this is where all the guys that we could not contain themselves are on dynamite. We have to keep them here. And we're going to battle. Like, I, I love that idea, Garrett. I, I, I wish they had kind of thought about that a little bit. And uh, 
I'll just bring up my favorite line in the MJF promo, or not the promo, but the, it was about MJF saying, you know, I had the best dog collar match. Yeah. No, I have yeah. this belt because I won. And I went, thank you. Yes. That's all I want yes. is this, yes. this to be a real world where the wins matter and not how good of a match you have, you know, between three and a half and four stars. I don't care about that. I just want you to win and have some hate in the match. That's all I want, really. Okay, so there's another thing he leaned into, which is the idea that he's the real world champ. This is yeah. not Ric Flair in 1991, by the way. Uh, he, so do you think, Paul, do you think that's where we're headed? MJF yeah. and CM Punk? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know when, I would I would assume all out. Um, you know, uh, being that they'll be back in Chicago, likely. Um, you know, do, uh, you know, have Punk. I assume he had a belt in that bag. Um, uh, you know, he never actually showed it, but he said he did. So Damien. maybe belt versus Damien. belt. Yeah, you know, and 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 in the meantime, he's the uncrowned champ. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to defend the thing, defend the bag every, every <laughs> week on on, uh, on collision. But I'm here for that. Uh, <laughs> world championship bag holder. Yeah, yeah but uh, no, like that's what I thought. So I thought that was like the key in terms of like ongoing storylines. Once we got the, uh, you know, whatever he was allowed to say out of, out of the way, he, he, did, he did seem to be promoting a match with MJF or whoever the champion is at the time they get there. I assume it's MJF. I mean, if if it was me, I would have MJF keep the belt until they get the match with Punk, and and then you know you do what you want to do. But MJF um, yeah, put in a promo I, that he was going to beat Punk in Chicago. So I'm kind of here yeah, for an all out idea. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, and the other thing I thought, and I made this, uh, I I mentioned this in the Discord that um, I thought that that promo was a was a babyface promo to the nine thousand people watching, but to the six hundred thousand or however many it is that we're watching on TV, I thought I thought he came off as a heel. And yeah. that's what and he's he gonna be it. going to be. He forward. leaned into the heel yeah, aspect. Absolutely. Of it. I mean he's basically like do whatever you want as long as you react is is kind of what yeah what he was saying. Um no I think I think it's very interesting to see where they go from here. But if they if they put a stop to anything relating to la- to uh, brawl out, how does he progress his character? Because he went so heavy on this stuff in week one. I'm assuming maybe a lot of what he's saying about the elite, kind of you lean into MJF about that stuff and that becomes his focus. But there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, meat on the bone that they're never going to get to if if what they said in the ESPN article was true. And so if I'm a fan and I come back next week and I'm just like, oh, he's got to be building to this thing with, you know, with these guys and then they just move on. It seems like a little bit of a disconnect. Go ahead, Paul. I was oh, okay. No, yeah, no, I, I I agree. I think I think Punk the worker is just leaving that door open because he probably really wants to do something and, and just hoping that cooler heads are going to prevail and somewhere down the road, they're going to be able to do business. So it's kind of like a, I'll, I'll leave this thing here. And then if we can make it work, then we have something to go back to. Yeah, exactly. And and then in the other sense, he's also making his fans happy that at least he addressed it. The uh, I've had a, an issue with, um, I don't have an issue, but you know, this is actually, uh, this is actually great because because uh, uh, Mark chimed in um, and said this is something bizarre about implying everyone else is soft yet all of this starting over uh, uh, the Hangman promo this whole thing is weird that is the the piece that where you know I kind of compared Punk's promo to 
we, we, we've talked about this, the Donald Trump playbook, which is you are sp- saying something specific to your audience that if you're if, if the, those who are not your fans, they look at it and they go, oh, you're it's just BS. But your audience goes, oh, yeah, he's speaking the truth. So it's very divisive promo. And if he was if he's going to keep continue the stuff about Hangman, I was like, man, Hangman's got to at least answer. But he hasn't. And then people are saying, yeah, he has. He got the first shot in. So maybe he just lives off that first shot. But the match, like there's multiple matches that could come out of this argument. And it seems like Punk is still the most upset at Hangman uh, out of everything. And from everything that I heard or whatever, when Hangman did that promo, his instant reaction was, oh, my bad. If that's not true, I just thought it was kind of the, the, the real thing. So why why is hangman seemingly still the target do you do either of you have a thought about that and jeff you can go first yeah i think hangman was uh hangman's still very loyal to colt <laughs> and i think it's all about the colt cabana stuff for the most part uh, the, the part that gets me about punk is he's a cry bully in some ways and and look i've i've defended cm punk on our show Paul will attest. I, I've done it on my show too, but there was a part of this interview with Raimondi that just drove me nuts where he's, you know, oh, I'm afraid of getting in the ring with <laughs> with Hangman Page because he might shoot on me. So, man, you are a trained UFC fighter <laughs> and you are an old school guy who knows that if somebody's taking liberties with you, you punch them in the mouth and you say, cut that out. Yeah. And then you move about your day. That stuff just rang so hollow to me where he's at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, Hey, I just want bygones to be bygones, but I'm going to bring this up again. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. And that was just crap too. And I'm just like, dude, pick a lane. Are we over this or are we not? And look, I think there's legit. I I thought this whole time that the water was kind of, muddied before punk ever got there because of the relationship with Colt and that Tony needed to step in and kind of lay the law down about how things are going to be. And I'm not sure he did because I think he didn't want to tick anybody off. That's my theory. Um, I don't know if it's true or not, but at the same time, I mean, the buck should stop with him, Tony, and he should have been quelling this and, and just stating, Hey, don't say this stuff in interviews. Don't bring it up again. If you guys can't handle it behind the scenes, okay, you guys are on separate shows now, go about your merry way. But we can't because because he still feels like somebody should have stepped in, to, or this is punk talking, somebody should have stepped in and done something and somebody should have been punished. And he holds grudges and it keeps him warm at night. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. 
So, uh, and it's a great point, and it sounds like they are starting to put things like that in place, the, the new hire from, from WWE. And also, from what I understand, you know, it almost made it, it almost made things difficult for ESPN, possibly, just because of how on top of this thing that they were, which, you know, maybe it wasn't the, the best... Uh, the best for ESPN to to do this interview from from uh, what I you know what things have have been said out there, um, and I, I think you're I think you're right. The buck does stop at Tony. We've all talked about that, but at the same time, you know this is a hard thing. It, it's a hard business. You got to have a strong leader. Tony has been nice guy a lot, and so when you when you're a nice guy and then you try to play hard, it it doesn't it may not ring as true. Okay, we can move on with this stuff and talk a little bit more about the show. Uh, Wardlow versus Luchasaurus was our first match. People who know me know that (laughs) I do not like Luchasaurus. I'm embarrassed to to watch him wrestle sometimes. And sadly, you know, this this doesn't seem to be about reheating Wardlow up unless, you know, he, he gets it back soon. But they had Luchasaurus beat him thanks to interference from Christian. I didn't really. I wasn't too interested in this match. It's an. It was an interesting uh, choice to have as your first match on this show, considering they had two really really good matches uh, later. But uh, Paul, thoughts on Luchasaurus and Wardlow? Well, at the time that it happened, um, my thought was they probably needed to do a title change just for the simple fact to tell people that you know this isn't Rampage. Um, you know, that, and, and really like, aside from the title change, there wasn't a lot separating this show. And this is the comment you were referring to that I made before the show, but there wasn't a lot separating the show from a really good episode of rampage, like a really good, you know, two hour block of rampage and battle of the belts, like really good wrestling. That the I'm small, disag- the small disagreement I would have is, uh, and the main event felt like there were stakes involved and it felt important. To where when I watch Rampage, I see random title match versus someone mm-hmm. I don't even know should have a title match. And that's where I'm like, yeah, it'll be a good wrestling match, can, but I don't can understand. You tell the me what those stakes were. Well, there's a feud. <laughs> there was there there they they were building with a feud with uh Bullet Club Gold, uh okay. and uh and then and, and FTR saving Ricky Stark. So there's there was heat there. Okay. Okay. But anytime there's a CM Punk match. There's yes. built-in stakes with yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Over almost anybody else on the roster. So that, so that's where you. The, get away the with initial it right rumors there. about this show was it was going to be CM Punk and Joe. Yeah. In the main event, and in retrospect, maybe they should have done that. I don't know. But well, did you uh, see how? Did you see how hard Joe hit him in the corner with those chops? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know if I want twenty minutes in of that. Retrospect, man. maybe they should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not saying I want CM Punk to get hurt. You know, I, I wouldn't wish harm on that man. No, Jeff, um, I thought the match was was fine though. Any Wardlow and Luchasaurus thoughts? There was no reason for this title change. It was stupid. <laughs> it was Can to I get Christian that? on top of his shoulders, right? If you Holding if the- you see <clears throat> anything in Wardlow, which I'm not sure they do anymore. They, they may the not. Thing. They may not. I I was flabbergasted by this. 
because the only way to redeem this is if Luchasaurus hands the TNT title to Jungle Boy in two weeks. That's the only way to me to redeem this at all. And I thought that Jungle Boy might go after the FTW title. But this guy's got an IWGP title shot coming up. He's going to (laughs) win. He's going to beat Sonata. Oh, I'm here for that. (laughs) The charisma. Give it to me. In Um, the two young men. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I, I, I saw that and I went, you got to be kidding me, especially because Christian would make a better TNT champion this. than Luchasaurus. And not only that, th- this is a minor addendum to that. We go from that match and we cut to a backstage promo from who? Powerhouse Hobbs. Now, why the hell is it Hobbs laughing his ass off at this? Because, you know, the TNT title meant something to him at one point. And we don't bring that up at all. We're, we're going to bring up the Owen instead, even though, you know, he was watching this match in the back. So th- there was just, <laughs> wasn't there a camera cap also in the ring, just sitting there by Rick Knox's leg this whole time? I, I didn't see it. <laughs> I was thinking he was going to look down and this was going to be a dusty finish. And he was uh-huh. going to say no. But no, we decided to have a random mid-card title change on a guy that has been he should sue somebody for the amount of career malfeasance they've done with his pushes and cooling him off. Well, you know, I was, I was saying like, man, you know, at, at one point it felt like Wardlow had something and then he beats MJF last year. And then, you know, they do this and, you know, some people were saying, um, oh, you know, I don't know. Was he really over? I guess, you know, he, it was a short time where people were popping for the powerbomb symphony but they invested a lot in him and they invested a lot in that story. And now just to, maybe it's one of those where it just doesn't work and we're moving on. They and missed we his to... off ramp the first time in Cleveland when they could have turned him there against MJF. Then he gets one up, one upmanship within Vegas last year with MJF Yeah, in the match. Then they give him Arn. See, that's the other part is I thought, okay, they're, they're making a big deal. No Arn here. He loses the title. He's going to be part of this big angle at the end to heat him back up. And this is kind of to get the title away from him. Maybe he's turning heel. Maybe the pinnacle's coming back with punk, maybe something. Nope. Just a title change to Luchasaurus. Yep. Who has no value as TNT champion. Yep. As Garrett will tell you. First, first <laughs> match he had since full gear, believe it or not. Good. Luchasaurus. Oh, well, well maybe not good. Cause he now won the title and we're going to see him more. Okay, so in the most oddly fascinating banger of a match, Buddy Matthews and Andrade, this thing, I had no idea what was going on early in this match. There's a point where they go into picture-in-picture. Andrade's in one corner. uh, Buddy's in the other corner, and they're sitting down. It was almost like a boxing match, and and the round ended after guys just knocked each other down, and so they're trying to rehabilitate them. Something going on with Andrade's shoulder. Uh, and then on the other side, it's Buddy Murphy's knee. And in wrestling, if the goal is to hurt the other person, why do you stop the match except if it is real? And even when it is real, I, I would just sometimes rather just go, can we just like just cover the person and just get out of here? But then they went back and did 10 minutes or something. Uh, Buddy was selling his knee very well. I don't know if the knee is hurt. Uh, Andrade was selling the left side, but then 
he climbed up to the ropes where he had to put pressure on the left side and he got up. So I didn't know what to think there. Now there was some intrigue because of those things. Oh, oh, what's, you know, what is possibly a problem, but then they have a great match and I loved it. And Andrade does the most WWE thing possible, which is he turns the figure four into the figure eight. And the crowd goes crazy for that so much for none of these fans watching WWE, but uh, I don't know. I was, I was fascinated by the whole thing. I like both of these guys a lot, which is probably part of it, but what, what an interesting, really fun match that was. Paul, what'd you think? I I love the match. Absolutely loved it. Like, and I was expecting it to be a really good match and it over exceeded my expectations, especially the ending was, was super hot. And, and you even had the nice little Easter egg of buddy Matthews doing his girlfriend's finisher and then Andrade reversing that and and doing the figure eight, which of course is his wife's finisher. And the crowd totally saw what they were doing and reacted to it as soon as he started putting it on. But I mean, everything leading up to it, there was one spot where Andrade did like a spinning back elbow, like almost like a Judas effect. Oh, but walloped him. Oh, it was awesome! <laughs> Just awesome. Yeah, Kevin. I think I, Kevin Kelly called it as if to say like. You know, his, his teeth may have flown yeah. out or something. I just I just loved it. And, uh, you know, and, and a big fan of both guys, you know, going back to their WWE days and even before that in uh, with with Andrade as, uh, you know, like back to CMLL. Honestly, I, I used to watch a lot of CMLL when he except was 50 pounds heavier, at least um, someone said <laughs> oh, 205 these guys are former small guys who are into their vitamins. That's someone crazy. said 205 Dude, live, never die. And I'm like they're closer to 305 at this yeah. point. Um but but just a great match and I really need to see but more buddy Matthews and that was one of the things I thought about when I was watching this match was you know one of the good things about the show is some of these guys that we don't get to see enough hopefully we're going to get to see more of. You know and and that's you know a good thing. And again, if you want more wrestling in your life, it's there, but if you don't, you know, you don't need to watch it. You know, it's it's totally up to you. I'll be watching every week. I'm yeah, but, you, go but are you going to be watching on Saturday though? That's the question. No, no, no. Yeah, that's that. That's <laughs> I think I think more so. M- most people will probably be watching, at least yeah. the the people who try and watch everything. It, there is a there is a a plan, and, and like in order yeah. to watch everything, you kind of have to watch a lot of it on, on delay. Well, part of the issue in Canada is just that it's probably not going to air live most weeks, so I can't. But I probably wouldn't anyways. <laughs> Jeff, go for it. Uh, first, the joke. Uh, if, if you want to have some fun, go watch Kevin Kelly suffer through saying both Andrade and Idolo <laughs> at any yeah. given time because he had at least six different pronunciations yeah. for yeah. each. Yeah. I am of the opinion, and I have no backing for this, is that the double doctor spot was planned to because they didn't want the action in the commercial break in terms of this hard hitting match or whatever. I, I too love the match. I think it's some of the best selling I've ever seen Andrade do because I think it was a pure sell job on the shoulder. Going from the first move where they ram shoulders and he just kind of does the little thing where he's kind of loosening up a bit or whatever. Um, and then and then when we come out of the commercial, just three dragon screw whips yeah. in a yeah, row. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, the most fascinating thing to me in this match was babying Andrade against a member of the House of Black. Now, I know the House of Black are heels because they've been finding the best friends for 83 weeks straight on Rampage. (laughs) I get that. But if you watch them on Dynamite, they get cheered a lot. Mm -hmm. 
and no one has ever cheered this Los Ingobernables crew <laughs> ever on, on Dime or whatever. But Andrade was a baby face here and he had the handshake, the, <laughs> I think, I think Paul, your, your, your theory that this is a ring of honor master show is correct. Cause he's giving <laughs> the, 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 was it the handshake of honor yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, afterwards, yeah. which is interesting. Um, that said, I'm kind of here for Andrade and Roosh just yeah. chopping the crap out of the house of black. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for that, but no, I, I liked this match a lot and I am, I am not the biggest buddy Matthews fan in the world. Cause I just, I want some personality out of the man. That's all I want. He's just always, he's a very good worker who does good things and, and everybody calls him wish Kenny Omega. But other than that, um, no, I, I, I like this. This is hard hitting. This is great. I, I, I was thinking maybe that was a stylistic choice to say this is a more hard hitting show sure. than Dynamite will be. And and I'm wondering if there was any thought to that. Too. And I'm hope I'm hopeful that that's what it is, because obviously you don't want the the wrestlers to be hurt. And like you're saying, you know, you, this is a TV show and they did get hurt right before the picture in picture. So it fit <laughs> perfectly. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming as well, but I didn't want to also just assume that. And then we hear that, you know, someone did get hurt or whatever. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So I, I'm here, I'm here for Andrade trying to buy the luchadors, um, and bring him into a stable. Like, I don't know who he'd try to buy them from, but you know, like Vikingo and <laughs> maybe he's going to offer Vikingo some money to add uh commander. <laughs> I want your little boy. To yeah. come well, with me. Uh, you know, this was this was kind of news that that hit today. But I guess Bandito's Bandito. hurt. He yeah, broke his wrist yeah. during the, the match with uh, Takeshita, so he'll be he'll be off TV for a little bit. Uh, I, I all I know from uh, the Giants, Mitch Haniger got hit on the wrist and he fractured his wrist, and he's out ten weeks. So that's I, I imagine Bandito's going to be out for a little while. Okay, so the uh, next segment was Tony Nese coming out and just getting just beat to hell by Miro. And Miro, he, Miro was beloved by this audience. They loved seeing the carnage. They loved seeing the explosiveness. They loved seeing just the absolute terror that he was in that ring, which bodes well for him. But I sort of feel like outside of when he was the best man, Every single time he goes away and comes back, he gets this reaction and then something happens and he goes away again. So I don't want to put too much into that, but it was fun seeing him back because I really, really enjoy him as well as get the reaction that because he looked like he was enjoying it. Paul, what do you think about this one? Uh, I don't know if I'm crazy, but it sounded like he got bigger reaction than CM Punk did. Like he was, he was massive, like through, you know, the match didn't last long, but while it was going, like it just kept getting louder and louder and, and uh, they were just right into it. And I was thinking like, man, it's too bad. This guy is like kind of, you know, I don't know if, I don't know what the word is. I said, I, I used flake, but you know, like whatever it is, like where, you know, I don't know if you can rely on him, but like, man, I'd love to see him. You got a title run you know, or yep. even challenging for the title because he is over like hell and you can't, you can't like teach that, you know, you know, like you can't just build that. Like either you are, or you aren't. And he is, and he always is. So, and he's a good worker and he looks great and there's no reason not to. I just don't think they will. But. Jeff, to go back to kind of Paul's thoughts about, you know, maybe he, he, you can't really count on him as much as you can count on some other guys. Would that pause you from 
pushing this guy pretty hard? Me personally, no. I'd push him as a monster. And I think that's what they never do. That's that's to me is the problem with with the AEW booking of Miro is they always push him as a wrestler. And and you know, oh go out and have a I mean, even in this match with with uh with with modern day Mike Bucci. Um <laughs> you know, I asked for them to do something with Tony Nese. I didn't ask them to do this with Tony Nese, for God's <laughs> sakes. Um Tony Nese got too much offense. Miro should have killed this guy. And I also think it was a mistake to get Mark Sterling on the apron, who is taller than Miro, <laughs> to show that size discrepancy too. But no, Miro is... Are a- you sure he's really taller or was he wear- wearing heels like Jericho so that sting didn't tower <laughs> Jericho over Jericho-style five-inch lifts? <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was one of my favorite parts of dynamite was jericho knowing he's going to be an angle with sting yes. knowing that sting's about five inches taller than him and going like oh you wait i'm, I'm almost going to be eye to eye with this guy i wouldn't be surprised if he stole some people's boots and cut off their soles and glued them to his in that one <laughs> um i i just I, I think miro is a very straight look he's funny in in a very strange way but like when I joined the Dynamite show, his promos were the best thing. The, the Redeemer promos are so great. But nobody wants to see him have to sell for anybody just yet. Yeah. Or at least mid-card guys. <clears throat> let him kill the mid-card. Let him, be, let him redeem this mid-card, for God's sake. And then, in only special matches, he sells. And I think I think Miro, I don't think Miro's difficult to work with. I think Miro wants his wife to be in the company, don't get me wrong, but I, I think Miro just is one of those guys who wants his character taken care of. And they took too many liberties in WWE with the character and they watered him down. Kind of inter- has he always done the uh has he always done the uh Seamus 10, 10 bells from the or whatever the heck it was with the forearms and the rope like he did tonight? can't remember a little little nod to the league of nations or whatever the heck that yeah 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 i did like him looking up to god for inspiration yes i like that too i mean he has his character down yeah it's just like if he's doing like 50 50 with kip sabian for god's (laughs) sake well the, the thing the thing about him is he does his character as if he's goldberg ready to win the world title and so when that is his character in his mind and he doesn't get booked in that fashion, then it can become a little hollow, and uh, and then you get you know what what we get with him, which is he's then he's, you know he's unhappy or whatever. So yeah, I push him like Vader. <laughs> I mean that's me, but I mean I push Hobbs like Vader. I'd push <laughs> I'd push Wardlow but, like Vader. But essentially, and... that is Tony's problem, right? Yeah, is he's got three or four guys he should push like that. So he has no, no, and he has no, so then nobody gets over. Yeah, except for Luchasaurus. Like he has a bit of a hoss fed here if he wants it. Yeah, yeah. You know, add Big Bill into this mix, and you got another big guy and Joe and them. I mean, you you got you got you got nineteen ninety one all Japan if you want it. Let's do this. I I assume that's why Jr. was put on this show. That's what. Yeah, all the hosses are on this. Yeah. And poor, poor Jr. Oh. I don't know what was up oh. with his throat. Like of all days to have a, a messed up throat, and then he had the black eye that he posed. Like, did he? he I know he, 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 he. Yeah, he always falls though. Yeah, like, I know. that's the problem. 
well, so does my dad. That's yeah. <laughs> I know it's so unfortunate. I feel so bad for him, but he's probably yelling for help and good horse. But I'm the... sorry, I can't get out. Oh, don't, don't do that. No. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's not nice. That's that is not, not nice. nice. Sorry. Not nice. <laughs> um, I but... always do something. <laughs> <laughs> but but this guy, uh, historically, he should be sort of perfect for this main event. Perfect for this style of, of wrestling that, that we saw he, I don't, and, and we can talk about this now. Let's uh, you know, the, the, the announcing booth, Kevin Kelly, Nigel McGinnis. It was nice to hear two voices yes, mm-hmm. um, and two people who really were trying to impress. And, and I say that, and I know Tony Schiavone is the, is everyone's favorite uncle, but without Shivani and Taz, you don't get the little back and forth podcast happening of, oh, you're right. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, you're right. You're you're really right about that. Feedback Jones over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I like that because you it felt now, now if we talk about a difference, the difference in, in the announcing with the, the style Kevin Kelly and X Calvary already talked about that, but also the focus mm-hmm. of having the, the you know, the, the color guy really intensely watching versus the color guys on the other show you know, talking about everything except for what's going on in the ring. So that was a, that was a nice switch. I, I really like that, but I'm not sure JR fit. I agree. Um, I actually thought JR's role would be akin to kind of a Gordon Soli type thing, but, you know, doing more pre-taped stuff, you know, not necessarily personality profiles or something, but, you know, okay, here's an overview of this feud, or here's this, or here's that, and that you would know be... You know he doesn't want to do that stuff. Yeah, I know, that would be than... supplemental to the product, and right. no, he takes away from a play-by-play thing, because, number one, he, he's acting like a, a ta- head of talent relations in some aspects sometimes. Other times, he's just being ornery. Um, and and to, to exactly what you just said, he has to overcompensate, because he knows that is how people receive him. Yes. And so he says stuff like, well, Jay White and Juice Robinson has so much promise as a tag team, maybe than any tag team I've ever seen in my life. And we have not, they haven't even led those guys in that direction for us to think that way. Yeah. We are supposed to think of them as bullet club stars. And so instead of like these young up and coming, you know, hot tag teams, you know, so it was such a disconnect there and I think it's because he's trying to overcompensate so badly yeah. to he's trying to be part these... of, of of the world and, and and do something that's that's valuable to helping get them over. And it turns into insincere hyperbola. At yes. Times. And, and I think he is listening to all of those Twitter people who mm-hmm. really, really dislike him. And so he's trying to he's trying to uh, maybe placate them, but he doesn't know how to do it. Right. So it comes off so hollow. I. I, you know, I would just, I would just get like one or two things that you want to get over and you can get it over because you're JR and focus on that and mm-hmm. not try and placate that this fan base who doesn't like you. I think it's just a bad, but to, just a bad thing. But to go back to your general point, I, I think Kelly and Nigel are very, they're very good straight play by play color type thing. And Nigel's not trying to be too, you know, it, it, it's more of, it's more of a, a territory style team than a WWE team where you have straight man and mm-hmm. snarky heel saying dumb things. I do think Nigel needs to, he, he, he has his, he has his fallback things that, that, cause I watched a lot of NXT UK when he was on yeah. it. 
Yeah. And he'd all and, and his he'd always wait a minute that thing whenever yeah. somebody's yeah. about to do a high spot or something to that effect. You know, I, I think he needs to go back and listen to himself and try and figure out his his kind of crutches or go to. Yeah, like, he's you say like um a lot. You know, you well, well, he's all, he like he, there was this one spot and he was like it was almost like he was yelling at the movie screen because the the character didn't see freddy krueger coming he was like watch <laughs> out i was like yeah. who are you yelling at dude yeah that was that was very i mean i mean he wasn't in that system in wwe for a long time yeah 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 i yeah i i thought jr like i thought i yes think his sam, role... sam has sam has uh interesting co- she, oh. she thinks he's he's still yeah he does a little bit in wwe Although he, I thought Jr. in that in the second half of the match just disappeared, kind of until until Kevin yeah. Kelly brought him back in. It was well, almost I, like I, I, my, you know what my thought is, and this is because I uh, I have to do this now. I've mentioned this before. Uh, ever since I got COVID, my throat gets so dry when I do shows. So I I'm I always have tea, and I mm-hmm. wondered if Jr.'s voice was messed up, and someone's like, okay, you need to give him something because he comes back. And his voice sounds good, yeah. and then it just goes bad again. So I, yeah. I wondered if they just kind of were like, "Let's give him something to drink so that he can come back strong." I, I, uh, I thought I think the role for Jr. here is similar to what it was in NXT about ten years ago. Um, if you, I don't know how many people are watching that, but he used to come in and he would do the big main events, and he would just be like, it, it kind of told the audience this is an important match. And, and, you know, and he would give that kind of voice of experience, not, not so much calling the action. And I, I read somewhere that his actual role here is not play by play or color. It's analyst. That, well, that so, was, that's what Tony Khan said was, oh, uh, did, okay. Uh, okay. Was it like, how did he word it? Ex- executive analyst or exclusive yeah. analyst or something like that. He didn't say he was part of the team. He said he was adding as a third person yeah, in but, an but he was role. Very different than when he's on Rampage, where you know, like he's like telling jokes with Jericho and he's arguing with people and he's throwing he out bowling shoe when he doesn't like a match. Yeah, like he he here generally seemed like he, you know, he like, bowling shoot ugly that match within thirty seconds. I was like, man, give it a, give it a little <laughs> bit of a, a run here. Yeah. Like let's <laughs> oh that woman's match a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 But no, I I thought uh, you know a- like uh, expert anal- uh, analysis. That's uh, okay. Richard. Richard, but uh, but I was so. I was um like not uh, other than the voice right at the beginning. Like other than that, like he didn't like offend me or anything. But I mean, again, you barely noticed he was there, which so, I suppose uh, is a good thing. And and um, Jeff made a great point in that Kevin is going to try and get him in. Yeah, Kevin has a lot of respect for Jr. I don't know what their relationship is, you know, necessarily day to day, but I'm sure. You know, he looks up to JR in a specific way that and NX Caliber and JR didn't really have that relationship. So I think that will help. But I do I do fear a little bit that JR is gonna overcompensate and it's just it's he's just not gonna be able to do it. Well, I also think on when he's with other teams, at least, JR almost feels like he and I, I don't know what he thinks of the other broadcasters, at least Excalibur. But almost feels like I need to get in there and do something because these guys aren't doing it right in yeah. some ways. He's trying to, or at least at the very least, I need to get in there and say something right now, as opposed to going with the natural flow or and being invited. And Kevin Kelly will just Kevin Kelly will be a facilitator. He'll pass the ball around. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's that. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Yep. 
And look, Kevin Kelly's got to also get Nigel over with this audience too, because mm-hmm. you know it's a different voice. He does have the the ROH, but this is not the ROH audience. Like this is the mm-hmm. AEW audience. So he's, uh, he, I think, absolutely one hundred percent. Kevin is the right guy for that role, though, and I'm so happy that it is not another show for Excalibur. Not because I don't like, like I'm fine yeah. with Excalibur, but it makes it different. And, and, you know, I'm very happy for that. I didn't need this to be, you know, my heart racing just because of the announcing. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's uh, let's finish up here with uh, the rest of the the matches, and then we'll kind of end with some some other notes and, and thoughts uh, heading into uh, Dynamite as well as uh, next week's Collision and then Forbidden Door. So Sky Blue and Willow beat Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. So that was our one connection from dynamite they had a match on dynamite that led into this show so you had the baby faces uh get their get their win um over the heel tag team you know mama mama blue was involved again she didn't let the, she didn't she didn't let the 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 bad uh ladies spray her this time so that was good she got she got a couple licks in uh and so i know you know there there's always going to be a discussion around how good this match was. I thought it was totally fine. I think these are maybe the two best sky blue matches I, I've seen. Um, and I so that to me, it says that she's improving. And so I like that. Um, and Willow is Willow's over with that audience. The audience loves her. I But I also think that not enough credit goes to this outcasts uh, team. Because they know how to be heels. Yes. And a lot of people just want to poo-poo on them for being former WWE wrestlers. And that is the gimmick. They are outcasts from WWE, but they know how to be heels. And I think they're doing a really good job of being heels and of getting the baby faces, getting the crowd behind the baby faces. Like that is that is their paramount role. And I think that they're doing a really good job of it, Jeff. The understated thing is is that in in the in in wrestling generally the heels call matches, and the saving grace of this feud is that Ruby and Tony, it, are calling fantastic matches in terms of showing Sky and Willow's strengths and things yes. of that. Name. Ruby Riot is a uh, it's a fantastic heel. Oh yeah, I I think she's kind of been overshadowed because Soraya and Tony have been really good, but. I, you know, I thought they should focus Ruby to be the leader of this outcasting. But yes, this outcast crew, look, they got the green and black. They're from they're they're doing this. <laughs> oh, we're from WWE, blah blah blah. Yeah, they they even took an old NXT gimmick with the uh, with the face of the other person, the stable on on the pole thing, which was part <laughs> of the uh, Summer Ray uh, Sasha stable. There. Oh, you're going but, way back. Yeah, I you're am. Going way back at NXT. Oh, well, that's why I started watching. Um, <laughs> OG. But, uh, but yeah, no, this was, uh, and, and they, they gave the hometown, the, the other thing is AEW gives people wins in their hometown. Yeah. It, what a novel concept yeah. that is. So, yeah. yeah, no, this was, uh, this is good. I, I liked this. I, um, <laughs> I, I do like that the baby faces also, as we move along through this feud, are learning you know, yes. they're yes. not just stupid baby faces. <laughs> they're learning. They're learning the tricks that these heels play on them, and they're anticipating them in regards to bringing their own spray can. Yeah, knowing yeah. when the spray can's coming out, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, no, this was perfectly acceptable. I like this. What do you think, Paul? 
I, I thought it was a good match. Um, Sky Blue has this one move that I, that she does that I I don't see anybody else doing. It's where she she like drops to the mat and she hits a kick up and like the the opponents usually on the mat as well, like on their knees, and she just kind of levels them with this kick and it's really cool. Like it kind of needs a name. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone talks about the, what are the code blue, but I really like that move that she does. She's and getting into that move apart. a lot better yeah. of late as well. Cause it is such a clunky move to the point of where I was like, you need to get, do something else. Cause it's so yeah. clunky, but she's actually gotten it really well. These last couple, I, I would call it like shows. a sky twister or something. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a, a cool name that goes with her name, but it's, it's something that sets her apart and it's something that the crowd will pop for for her specifically. And, and especially if they know it's leading to the finish. So um, yeah, real big win for her. I, I, I expect, like, I don't know if she'll get a rematch with Tony. I, yeah, that's kind of where I think they're doing. And then maybe you do Ruby and Willow for the uh, new Japan title on forbidden door, um, you know, spinning out of this. Um, it is kind of weird. They did say, you know, you're going to have a brand split, but they don't feel like they have enough depth in the women's division. So they need to have the women carry over back and forth. Um, I, I think that's doing a disservice to a lot of the women that they have under contract because they do have a lot of women under contract, but I guess they don't feel some of them are over enough to be on TV every week. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it is two, 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 two hour shows. So you yeah. could get more faces on, but yeah, then, you know, I think, you know, part of the problem also is, is the expectation yes. is that these matches are, are a little yeah. bit lengthier. And so if the women, aren't really great at that yet, then you kind of can't put them on because, you know, it's going to go through a commercial. If it's the only yeah. woman's match on the show, it's going through a commercial. That's just the way it is. So yeah. uh, I, I, I understand that, but you're, you're, you're right. You know, we, it would be better to get more uh, faces on TV because somebody could break through that we don't know about. And, and that could be good. So, all right. There was an acclaimed segment where, you know, they did the shtick and it was just there to, uh, you know, get the baby faces over and, you know, Tony Schiavone did the the least cool scissor me daddy <laughs> that you'll ever see in your life, which made it hilarious. And I loved it. Uh, but yeah, nothing to it. Um, just it it is what it, it is, what it is. Uh, they needed something to uh, set, you know, to kind of get people ready for the main event, which was CM Punk uh, FTR against Jay White. Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson. And I thought there were some really cool moments in this match. They were teasing the Punk and Joe thing. Is it true that they haven't had a match against each other in like almost 20 years or been yeah. in the ring against each other for almost 20 years? Yeah, Chris Sampsa gave Kevin a stat with the number of days. It's like 19 years, though. That's amazing. Or almost 19 years, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah, uh, and, trilogy you know, in 2004. And they're teasing... You know, they're teasing a little bit of Jay White and, and CM Punk. So that stuff was cool because you can almost see the tea leaves of the future singles matches within this yeah. match. Then that that was that was really cool. Of course, as we all knew, Juice Robinson was going to be the one to take the fall. He was, he was the only one to take the fall in this match, I think, at least on this first match back. But uh, but overall, I just thought it was a strong wrestling match. And I and I said this in our discord in that the. Six man that main evented dynamite. I think a lot of people really love that match with uh, the the BCC and and the elite. And then this one was really great for a different reason. Now, for my wrestling tastes, I liked this one better. But I know a lot of people really love the the dynamite match. So when you end 
you know, your week of TV with two matches that the fan base, you know, felt very strongly about as as they as that they delivered, then I think that's it's a good it's a good week. But you know what what it, what I just thought about when we're talking about angles? Maybe they didn't do the angle because they did seven of them at the end of Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could be part of the reason. It's like we, you know, maybe we did a little bit of overkill on this one and we're we're going to pull back on this one. I don't know. I, I that that I don't know if that would be a reason, but the 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 flip the the uh the difference between the two endings of those shows was was quite different. One of them had just chaos, you know, for five minutes, and then this one just the baby faces you raise their hands and CM Punk celebrates. So I uh, but I thought it was good. I thought it was a really, really good match. Six uh, you know, six really good wrestlers. It does seem like there's a little bit of Juice Robinson reinnovation here mm-hmm. because he hasn't looked this good in, in a long, long time to me. And he's with big players and when you get put yeah. with big players it makes you feel bigger so i i thought the booking of this thing was really good so jeff uh, get your thoughts first uh first of all shout out to tony Shavani for the absolute boomer saturday night live reference to billy crystal's fernando character oh i didn't I even hear it you oh, look yeah. marvelous when you <laughs> oh, i i marked for that um <laughs> I I love Juice Robinson as loudmouth flake of the <laughs> of 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 the of the black or the gold uh bullet club gold uh fantastic. The bang, uh, this bang, match bang. was up my alley as just kind of that you know mid-Atlantic chop punch kick, which is all I want in a match. I just want to see that guys are getting beat down. Samoa Joe, I've said this once, I've said a thousand times, in this stage of his career, he is like a more agile but still cranky Wahoo McDaniel just mm. going in there and just <laughs> chopping the crap out of people. I loved all the, the chop battles with cash Dax and punk, all of them. I, I, I adored that, that part of it. And this match was everything it needed to be. It protected Jay, the loudmouth flake guys there. I, I just love Joe sitting, standing on the apron while the other two <laughs> bullet club members get beat up during the match as if it's like, <laughs> well, maybe he'll leave them. Like, like he's almost like, also, latter-day WWF Bad News Brown, which was always a favorite character of mine, the heel <laughs> that other heels hate. I yes, love yes. those he's characters. He's not connected to these guys, really. He's he's more yeah. just an opponent of the he's other He's a team. hired gun for this match, and he's not really friends. He doesn't really care if they lose as long as he doesn't lose. No, little, I, little Randy Orton in them, too. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I mean, like, and, and Joe and Punk's interplay, just the little things, the looks, the kind of the talking to each other. It, it made for such a more heated match. And of course, FTR are fantastic in everything they do, in my opinion. So, I mean, yeah, no, I, I love this match. It was great. Paul, what you think? Um, I, uh, I gave the main event of uh, Dynamite four and a half stars, and I was going to give this one the same, but then Larry Sternshine said that <laughs> he didn't care about it, so I docked a quarter star. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Larry. Um, no, I, I really like this match, and I just, like, like for all the reasons Jeff said, like, just a completely different pace, and it's the kind of stuff I like. Um, just, just taking the time to make everything mean something. Yes. Um, you, uh, Garrett, I'm glad you mentioned, um, juice and how good he looked. I, I mean, I thought it was the best he's looked since he was the U S champion in new Japan feuding with John Moxley, like, you know, going back that far when people thought he was going to be like, you know, he was going to be what Jay white became, um, you know, and, uh, maybe he'll still get there. And one one thing about him now is, at least I felt like this back then, he was always setting up 
his stuff, he would do a loud scream yeah. and then the left hand would come. And uh, now he's he's not doing a lot of that. So yeah. it, it feels a little bit more organic in his work than like the baby face who telegraphs everything that he's going to do so that the audience knows what he's going to do. So I like that aspect of it. Uh, and, but and I think I think having it be a six man like they did, like I mentioned earlier, that having this the single might have been better. But I, I did come to the realization that doing the six man tells you, okay, we know Punk and Joe are big deals, but FTR and Jay White and Juice Robinson are also going to be big deals mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. So they're they're setting that up for future episodes, which which I do like. I I like the. Um, I always get the delineation of like the talent of telling you who is good, who is not, who you got to pay attention to. And so I, I like that. And you can spin off into a number of different matches here yep. um, out of this. So I want to throw this at Jeff before we kind of wrap things up here uh, from Brad. How excited are you for the Jarrett Mark Briscoe concession stand brawl? Let me tell you, that promo was outstanding by Jarrett, I thought. I, I know there are some haters of Jeff Jarrett in, in my various worlds of wrestling, mostly by 20-somethings who don't know Jeff Jarrett other than WWE and Impact. I am I am stoked. I think this is gonna this is gonna be insane because Mark Briscoe's insane and Jeff Jarrett in his own way is insane. And it's gonna be it's gonna be walking and brawling and comedy and ketchup and mustard and yeah. you know whatever's in the hot dog stand that night well how are they going to differentiate it from uh jericho and uh, roddy though um i think it might be more brutal i think i think briscoe and and jared are kind of here for an old school memphis style brawl type of a thing i yeah. i do yeah no i think it'll like if jeff jarrett has the you know he, he's kind of got the canvas and we're gonna see what I think how, Jared needs to bleed well how how yeah, how him. much is he going to differentiate because of okay like this is this is how we can be really different from everything else on that show that's kind of what i'm interested to see yeah i mean the, what, the, the the jericho roddy brawl or roddy or, yeah roddy was more moves outside of the ring than a fight for the most part. And that's how differentiate. I mean, these guys aren't going to be doing, you know, fancy knees and stuff like that. (laughs) We're going to get a pile driver through a merchandise table and yeah, Yeah. you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. 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 And we're going to get like a froggy boat elbow off of something. So, Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's wrap it up. We we went past the hour mark here. Uh, again, appreciate the live audience who've been hanging out with us and the podcast audience who are listening in the Fight Game uh, Media Network feed. So I guess one last question uh, as we wrap this up is because we are heading towards next week with Forbidden Door. Uh, where are you? Now you guys do this every Wednesday night, like within three hours of dynamite ending. You want to go to the Patreon, patreon.com front slash fight game media. You could hear Jeff and Paul consistently. Now one of you have taken a vacation here or there, but you guys have been just steamrolling through all of these episodes. You're, you have that reaction kind of like what we're doing now, but to dynamite. So if you want to hear Jeff and Paul subscribe to the Patreon for that, uh, as we head into forbidden door, I mean, wh- where are you with coming out of Double or Nothing, which, you know, I thought the build was, w- for a lot of that stuff, was was not great. 
Uh, are you? Do you feel like there's any momentum coming with Collision, Forbidden Door, Wembley Stadium, and then all uh, all out soon thereafter? Like, do you feel like there are some things working really well right now because they got a lot of big shows coming up, and I think they're going to have to hit some home runs. Go ahead, Paul. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm super excited for all those shows um, that you mentioned, and uh, I think that they've they've got so many matches that they've announced already that have been hinted at that they seem to be building towards that. You know, I think they're set up for like just a super big summer. Um, you know, ticket sales for some of these collision shows, notwithstanding. Um, and and you know, who knows how the show's going to do on TV? But if you're talking strictly about the big shows. Um, I think, you know, and they always knock it out of the park on their big shows, but these ones are going to be special like that, that pay-per-view next weekend. Like I thought you were going to ask me, you know, like one to 10, you know, what are you excited? And I was going to shock you by saying like 9.5, like <laughs> I'm, I couldn't be, I couldn't be more excited for that show next, next Sunday. Danielson and Okada. Oh. I still can't even believe Osprey that that's Omega. coming. I'm like, I've, like, it is so under- Jungle Boy Sonata, like oh my god! For, for me, like the wrestling <laughs> industry should be exploding right now at the yeah. thought of this match. And they're like, oh yeah, it's a, just next week. They're just gonna have a great match. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I yeah. So I'm, I think they're set up really well. And uh, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. Dally Pool, I answered your question on Twitter, so you can find me at Paul Ace Fontaine. So all right, uh, Jeff, final thoughts. It'll be a great. It, it's like a one shot for comics if you ever do that the forbidden door shows you know they, they don't have any far-reaching implications to anything else in the universe they're there for the certain kind of fans that want those types of issues paul's a little more excited than i am but i will say this uh because i'm not a pure work rate guy i like feuds they have done a far better job this year yeah mm-hmm. They, they learned, right? They they learned. They learned. From yes, they did year. promos. They did. They did uh, videos. They, you know, I I would have, you know, I, I'd like a little bit more back and forth than just the week before. But you got to give them credit for at least improving and seeing the weaknesses that they had last year, where it's just, oh look, there's Okada. He's on the ramp. <laughs> you know, that, that, it's like, okay, great. That that's cool. Um. I am a little concerned about the the builds for Wembley and the two pay-per-views in August, but we got a couple months to get there. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah. I will watch for Bindor, of course. I am I am all in on, on the Daniels and Okada match, uh, more so than Omega and Osprey, because I also think that's gonna end in a screw job of some sort. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but um no, it it'll be it, Tony knows who that audience is. Yeah. He does. If he knows any audience uh, better than his own, it's it's this show upcoming for sure. All right. Well, uh, for the folks who are watching on YouTube, Power Bombshells on Sunday morning, they go at uh, 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. So I'm sure Mel and Sam will have a discussion that is unique and different from this one. So I was a little worried about doing this and going like, ah, you know, they, but they're going to do their show, but their show is going to be so different from this one. And the way that they watch wrestling uh, is much different than, than ours. So there's a uniqueness that you're going to see on the power bombshells. So check that out on Sunday morning on, on, on this YouTube channel. 
And uh, yeah, appreciate everybody checking in. I saw I was watching the live count. We had a lot of a lot of people watching, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, we even got a nice little super chat, so appreciate that. But uh, check Paul and Jeff out on Wednesday night, the Dynamite Show on our Patreon. So for Jeff and for Paul, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.